0: Hey, I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. <laughs> what is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to the Quartet Sign Up podcast. Once again, I'm Josh Shimanoff. As always, welcome by the one and only man of the hour, too sweet to be sour. Future Jiu-Jitsu World Champion Angel Ortega. Boys, it is a packed week for news, Bellator, UFC, even some fan questions. Because, ladies and gentlemen, it is Angel. You want, you want to do,
1: you want to do a drumroll? You want to do a journal? for me, Angel? I don't I don't know how I'm gonna do this. All right, never
0: mind. It's episode 200, boys. You just really, think I complete?
1: Am I a shitty person for forgetting that? Now I was thinking about it on the on the way uh, from work to here, but I didn't think about
0: it. In the moment, before the podcast, um, I don't think it's I sh- I don't think it's shitty. I think it's all right. I, th- I think it's all right because we got but, we got fan questions, we got news, we got everything to talk about. I'm and, a bad uh, person, Josh.
1: Huh? I think I'm a bad person, dude. I forgot.
0: It. You know what? That's all right. That's uh, why did you? That's all right, man. That's all right. We uh we've all been there. You know, we're all forgetful. But um, I don't know. I'm 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 ready to go. I'm excited for this episode. Episode 200, very big deal. We've got a lot of stuff to talk about. I'm obviously caffeinated. I'm fired up. Thanks to Rogue Energy. RogueEnergy.com. Fantastic sponsor of the show. Code SoundOff at checkout for 10% off. Uh, keep me fired up. Keep me going through the day, man. Obviously, I got a, I got a hard job. You know, you guys are out there busting your ass on the field. I'm at home. I write about MMA. You know, really, really tough job. But whenever I want to cool, whenever I want to cool off, I'll do the exact opposite of Rogue Energy. I'll take some Elixir Delta 8. With Code Sound Off, you can get them as well. They are the leading distributor of Delta 8, 9, and 10 products. They also have great HHC. I believe they introduced mushrooms as well to their site recently. Fantastic sponsor. Code Sound Off for 10% off there as well. Feel free to go ahead and show both of those sponsors some love. Angel, look, man, a bit unorthodox the way we're going to go ahead and go about the show this week because, look, man, uh this Saturday night will be the conclusion – uh, to the career of the GOAT, in a lot of people's eyes, or at the very least, one of uh, the greatest fighters to ever compete. The heavyweight GOAT, at the bare minimum. Belter 290 going down from the Kia of form in Inglewood, California. Fedor Emelianenko, the last emperor, the former pride champion. I mean, had the great one of the greatest runs in MMA history. I believe he started off like thirty four and one, and that one loss he avenged, and it was due to like a cut. I mean, just an unreal run. But that was in his prime. He's now 40, 46, I almost said forty five. He's forty six years old. He still got that fire left, and you saw that in his knockout win of, over Tim Johnson last year. He's still got the hand speed. He's still got a lot of power, but he's taking on Ryan Bader. These two fought all the way back in 2019. And just imagine, Angel, I know I, I know that you probably watched that fight live. Imagine telling yourself at that time, four years later, they're going to run it back for the title in Fedor's final fight. First of all, early thoughts on this, uh, this fight, and what's your excitement level, man? Ah, man, you know, a lot of times... With these
1: guys who are older and legends, you know, there's there's these fights that are just like, don't make sense or anything, or it doesn't seem like they don't really have a choice when it comes to it. But I think the one thing about this, and we talked about it, I don't know if we talked about it off-air or on-air, Josh, but the number one thing about this fight between these two guys is the fact that Fedor wanted this fight. Fedor wanted to go out and make sure, this. no matter what, Fedor knew for a fact that his last fight on his career On his fucking tapology, on his sure dog was gonna have this man's name across from it, and this kind of implications on it. I think that's number one thing you gotta commend, you gotta respect, because this this is how he wants to go out. It's not how the promotion's choosing for him to go out. It's how Fader wants to go out. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing that's so awesome about this. A lot of guys for their retirement fight, they want the exact opposite of what Fader is doing. They want that kind of soft touch, you know. They want to be able to leave on a win, you know. For for example. Donald Cerrone fought a, fought a he's just the most recent guy I think of that like kind of had like a choice in picking his opponent because he was so beloved by the UFC he picked Jim Miller that's what he wanted for his final fight prior to that he wanted to fight Joe Lodon he wanted a fellow legend you know Pedro Villanueva wants to fight the heavyweight champion you know like before that he wanted to fight a guy Tim Johnson that like did not have huge star power but had beaten his protege and, and was a, was a ranked guy ranked number two at the time I mean Fedor, even at age forty six, he still wants to be the best on the planet. And you gotta respect that fire, man. That's he's got that dog in him that just does not leave. You can't teach that shit angel. You can't teach it. But look, man, in terms of the fight itself, this is very interesting, very um this fight's more interesting the first time it happened. It's kinda weird, right? Because you uh last time this fight happened, Fedor lost in forty seconds, and it's kinda crazy to think about that people actually want to see it again. But that's kind of without the context, because Fedor was really sick that night, apparently. Since then he's gotten a couple big knockout wins, you know. Um Bader, the big thing is he's kind of he's kinda of slowed down a little bit, man. I mean he's, he's still good, and I think heavyweight is his uh, his best weight class, but he has clearly slowed down. He's had a couple of losses at light heavyweight since he fought Fedor. Is the fight more interesting to you now, given all the time that's passed? And uh, you know the fact that obviously Fedor is forty six, but you know Bader's getting up there too. I believe he's around forty. Is the fight more interesting now than uh, it was for, for the first time around?
1: I mean, look at the time was wasn't that during the, the the Grand Prix they were having their tournament, right? Correct. And I mean, obviously that that lead up and everything was kind of cool. Uh, and look, uh, maybe at the time if, if they would have ran it back a little sooner, maybe it wouldn't have been as interesting. But Like you said, some time has gone by. The meat has marinated. You know, it's time to put (laughs) it on the grill and, you know, feed it, you know, feed it to the people. And this is it. Uh, you know, and like we mentioned, and like I said at the start of the show, obviously how, you know, how he's going about it, how he wants it. It's his terms, you know, no matter what he's making this this decision. I think that's the most important thing. And, uh, fuck, man. I mean, like we said, I mean, you know, we're not going to, no, uh, question Ryan Bader's skills, you know, whether he's older or not. I mean, he is the heavyweight champion in Bellator, you know? <clears throat> he earned that right. Uh, and he beat, uh, Fedor's, a uh, protege, you know, the guy he's coaching, the guy he got ready to beat Bader. And, yeah. uh, you know, Bader took care of that. So, now the teacher has to come in himself and, uh, give a little lesson to the, to the class and, Show them what's possible.
0: And that's that's a good way to put that. Because is it possible? Do you think Fyodor Emelianenko, forty six years young, do you think on Saturday night he will uh, end his career as War heavyweight champion?
1: You know, you can dream, right? Obviously, I'm gonna be re- I'm gonna be realistic with us. You know, I like you know always I always I like picking the legends. Uh, but with that being said. It's heavyweight, Josh. Anything can fucking happen. These guys always carry power, whether they're young, old, you know, slow. The power will always be there. First, second, third, fourth, fifth round. You know. It, it it's it's there. And oh, fuck it, man. It, obviously, it, you know, it, i feel like the safe route is Ryan Bader. But Josh, it's Peter fucking Emilianko. And there's something that we've talked about a lot in private. And we said, look, I refuse to believe this man is taking the, this fight without knowing something, believing something, not just himself, but he has to know something to be wanting to take this fight at his age, at this time, with the title on the line and wanting to exit on top and leaving as the fucking certified fucking goat of MMA.
0: Yeah, are, you are you doing what I think you're doing right
1: now? Josh, are you doing what I think you're doing right uh, now? Josh, I'm picking Fedor fucking immediately. win. Oh! Fedor. The last emperor. Fedor fucking Emelianenko to yeah, go. By
0: the way, you got to wear the shirt that night, right, Josh? Oh, of course. I mean, getting his 41st victory, you think he does? You think he ends his career I think as he, heavyweight he, champion? How do you think he does it? You think knockout? I think he has to do it a knockout, Josh. It has to be devastating fucking fashion. Yeah, that's how I feel about it. I mean, he's got to get that finish. He's got to get it early. Bader still has really good cardio. I mean, he's had, he's had some good wins, man. Czech Congo, Valentin Moldovsky. I mean, he lost a couple of fights at light heavy, but, like, at heavyweight, he still seems to be a good, like, a like a really competent guy. Like People really sleep. I still feel like people don't entirely respect Ryan Bader, you know? But Here's what it comes down to. Fedor Milianenko has never lost a rematch. <laughs> oh. it's On true. a rainy
1: day, Josh. Huh? In septem- on a rainy day in September.
0: Yeah, right? Look, we're doing an ESPN stat right now. Fedor uh, really- Milanko has never lost a fight after eating a double cheeseburger at 4.30 p.m. on the day that he will
2: compete. And I think he's going to have that burger.
0: And I think he's going to beat Ryan Payton. <laughs> no, no, but for real. Um, I'm going to take Fedor. I, I am. I, I It's it's entirely a homer pick. For the culture. Uh, for the fucking culture, Josh. For the culture, you know? And part of it, too, is just, like, I, I think that this is, this is what great fighters do. This is what great athletes do. You know what I mean? This, this reminds me of, like, you know, RIP, obviously. But it reminds me of whatever Kobe for his final game, you know, you just knew he was going to go out there no matter what. He was going to die if he had to do it, but he was going to lead them to victory. And he did. And I think Fiddle Milanovic is willing to go out there to die to beat Ryan Bader. And I, I think he will beat him. I just think, like, he would not have called for this fight so many times if he didn't have something in him. I think he has probably a lot of tape on him. And also, you got to remember, dude, he coached Valentin Moldovsky against uh, Bader. He coached him, you know? So he's, he's watched a lot of film of that motherfucker lately, you know? He was in the corner. He's learned a lot. And... Uh, he probably feels better about his chances now than he did back then. And I think he goes out there, I think he starches him. I think he's going to knock him out inside the first round. And I think he'll end uh, end his career as one of the greatest ever. But even if he doesn't, I mean, fuck, man. I mean, win, lose, or jaw. I think everything that he does now is just gravy. You know what I mean? Like, everything right. he does now is just extra. Like, his his legacy has been secure for, like, 15 years.
1: We, we want to see him go out on his shield, though, Josh. I think that's an important thing. We want to see him out there and be competitive. We want to see him... You
0: know, I mean, yeah, he's got to be competitive because that that first fight with Bader, like, if you look at all of Fedor's losses, actually, like it's like he had success in every single one of them. You know, he he dropped Matt Matreon before getting finished. You know, he dropped Verdum, He won the first round against Bigfoot, I believe. He knocked down Hendo. The only guy that he got run over was by was by Bader, and that's partially why I am picking him for the rematch. I just I
2: just don't I just don't think it's gonna happen again. So, you know,
0: that's how I feel about it. But um, look, man, the co-main event is arguably as good as the main event. Hot take, Uh, because the co-main event's a fucking banger, dude. Um, originally, it was going to be Yoel Romero versus Vadim Nemkov. Damn shame that that one had to get canceled. But they got another champion, Johnny Evelyn, the Human Cheat Code, Kansas City Zone, Johnny Ebelin. um could be taking on Anatoly off. Uh, it's obviously a short notice fight, but dude, both of these guys are on incredible runs. Obviously, Anatoly Tukov got signed to Bellator back in 2017. Has not lost since then, including some wins over names like Alexander Shomenko and Gerald Harris. Meanwhile, Johnny Evelyn undefeated in his career thus far. He's three and zero as an A.M.E. twelve and zero as a pro, and he obviously captured the title by just beating the dog shit out of Gegard Mousasi back in June. Very exciting fight. I mean, for me, this one's, damn, like, damn near pick-em, man. I mean, what do you think about this fight? I'm very excited for this one. In terms of just pure fights, this might be the best fight of the weekend.
1: Yeah, no, I'm completely with you. I mean, fuck, man. Anatoly Talkov, he's getting a shot, man. He's finally... And I feel like he's he's deserved it for a while, Josh. You know, he's deserved that name. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's been held back from this. He deserved this a long time ago. I'm not, I'm not necessarily... Sp- specifically talking about the title, but the opportunity he had name, you know. But look, he's he's faced some good fucking guys. No disrespect, right? You you obviously named some of them off there, I think. Uh, but yeah, no, he, he's getting his chance, and I don't think this Russian guy's gonna let that shit slip away, Josh. I think this bad motherfucker's gonna come in here and take care of business. This combat was gonna show, and he's gonna fucking put out Johnny Evelyn, dude. I think he's gonna be a finish on Tony only talk-off. I'm picking the Russian. You're picking the Russian to get the finish? I am Josh. i call calling a finish too. Interesting,
0: interesting. Um, fuck me, this fight's close, man. And I mean,
1: I think it to be a night for the Russians to begin with, Josh. We got a lot of Russian fighters on this card.
0: That's that's true. Yeah, there's a whole lot of Russians on this one.
1: The under the undercard, by the way, bangers all around. Pretty, um, pretty stacked for Bellator, by the way.
0: Very stacked. Um. Look, man, I, I just don't think Anatoly uh, off I don't think he's gonna lose, man. I think that uh, there's no way he's gonna lose, considering like he's being coached by Fedor Team, dude. Like he's one of Fedor's <laughs> proteges. He can't lose, right? He already had yeah. just because of that, he can't lose. He can't. He can't. He cannot do it. Now that being said, I can easily, easily see Johnny Evans pulling this out. I mean, this like he's in the running for greatest guy outside the UFC, in my opinion. The way that he beat up. Gegard Mousasi was so impressive, so impressive the way he just dominated, didn't even have a moment, it was not a fucking exchange that Gegard won in that fight, so that really impressed me, at the same time though man, I, I just think, and it's Zagov, I think he's on an incredible streak, I think he has better finishing ability, and I think he's going to go out there and get the finish, so I'm going to go and take him to get the job done and become, and new, Bells are a champion, so, um, very excited for this card, main, co-main, excellent, what are some other fights on this card you want to talk about, man? This one's an interesting event because it's going to be broadcast on CBS and Paramount Plus. So the main card is actually only three fights. It's those two we just mentioned, and then Sabahulmoffsi and Brendan Ward, who might might kill each other on national television. Which but, is
1: crazy to me, Josh, because they could have put Neiman Gracie and Lorenzo Arkin in there, you know?
2: Yeah,
0: they could have. Yeah, but I think but, they did the right call here because that's that's I mean, all a stack action. three.
1: I mean, that's a stack three. You're not wrong.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's all action,
1: man, so. I mean, shit, Josh. I mean, let's, let's take our pickups here at, at, uh, at who we could do. And I'm gonna start a little low on the card. Uh, I'm gonna talk about, uh, Max Rochkoff, Josh. Getting his opportunity again at, at a big promotion. 7-1. and Didn't get to make his, de- uh, Bellator debut, uh, last year. Gotta, had to wait over, oh, fuck, I mean, damn near a year to make his debut in Bellator. He gets it against Chris Gonzalez not an easy matchup by any means Chris Gonzalez out uh, a Team Alpha Male obviously kind of like this, this talent they're building, they've building, they been building up Home, you know, homebred in Bellator almost all his fights in Bellator fought some good competition but clearly wasn't ready for that high level yet and guys like Uchi Yamamuchi and Uzumano Magana made of
2: mm-hmm. yeah man I mean <clears throat> shit sorry hold on give me one sec <laughs>
0: Okay, I'm back. Um yeah, dude. I mean as far as, as far as this card goes, uh, you said it a couple minutes ago, as far as like being stacked for a Bellator card, it is uh it's kind of one of the things that actually kinda of scares me in Bellator about Bellator. I I said it off air, but uh because of Paramount and uh Showtime merging, I don't know how much and considering there's a rumor that Bells were on the market, that's a little bit scary. But, um, yeah, this card is all around a fucking banger. I mean, we mentioned Salah Hamasi, Brennan Ward. Dude, in the, the terms of the fights that I'm most excited for, man, I mean, the one on the undercard, Lorenz Larkin, Mak oh, Man, Ames, do we take a shot at that boy's name? Uh...
1: Fuck, <laughs> <look, laughs> man, that's, uh... Burkhamov. Maka
0: Burkhamov.
1: Burkhamov.
0: How about that? Yeah, uh, that's gonna be a better deal. Lorenz Larkin is on an incredible run right now. These two actually fought. A lot of people know this. They fought back in July on like an, on like the prelims of Bellator 283. Uh, ended up being a no contest. It was an illegal elbow. They're gonna rerun that shit. And dude, if, if Lorenz Larkin wins here, he should be getting a title shot. I mean, if you look at his run, I don't think too many people are talking about it right now because when he first came to Bellator he kind of was disappointing, but he's on a, Great run right now. We're talking about a seven-fight 7, seven fight unbeaten streak. Very impressive. Uh, so I'm happy to see him back. Neiman Gracie making his return against Dante Shiro. Dante Shiro had a pretty good showing. Um, I don't know if it was his last fight. It was his last fight. He won his last fight. But he said, um, who did he fight on short notice? It was um, Storley. He fought on short notice. And he actually made a pretty good account for himself. So... Excited to see him back. Um, Henry Corrales, a well-known name. Chris Gonzalez, Max Rushkoff, Max Rochkov, I believe, unbeaten since leaving the UFC when they cut him that time, man. Um, so very excited to see him back. And then obviously Darion Caldwell, interesting name. He needs a win bad, man. Um, three losses in a row, two of them being by finish. He'll be fighting on the prelims here. We'll see if you can get the job done, man. Any other fights that I may have missed that you want to discuss on the uh, Bellator 290 prelims?
2: I mean, I'm,
1: I might be repeating some here, but I, I still want to mention them again. Steve Mallory, man, at 265. I mean, this guy's a fucking specimen. Oh, yeah. I mean, a, a heavyweight, 30 years young, 30, uh not 30 and oh, Holy shit, could you imagine? Uh, <laughs> 10 and 0. Uh, That's almost good enough to get a contender series contract. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> and Carla Brexon. Obviously, uh, I think last time out getting upset uh, against Cora Moore, kind of, uh, didn't see that one coming. And Deanna Azagurova, the uh, I, I like calling her the Russian spy man. She is, uh, you would not expect her to be a fighter, because she looks like a model, but she can fucking fight.
0: <laughs> yeah, man, I mean, you're, you're obviously, and, me, obviously
1: that. and obviously, and obviously Alejandro Lara on the other
0: end, too. I mean, I'm very excited for her return, um, huge fan of Alejandro Lara, she, he's got, yeah, she's had some great wins in the past, man, she's on, she's on a road streak right now, though, three losses in a row, she really needs this one, should be a fun fight, though, I don't think Veltor would ever cut her, I mean, she's, she's always pretty entertaining, anytime she's on screen, so, uh. Yeah, man, she needs to win bad, though, so we'll see what happens there, man. Um, but that's not the only MMA we got this weekend, Angel. Don't worry. I know that, sure, on one hand, you have arguably the greatest fighter of all time fighting on CBS, a banger undercard, banger co incredible fight opening up the card, and then a whole bunch of former champions. Or you can watch Derek Lewis fight Sergis Bebac at 1 a.m. Take I your mean, choice. Um, I don't know, Josh. It's a hard pick. Hard pick, I know. Uh, So this card, uh, we talked about it in the the green room. It was supposed to be USC Korea, but Korean zombie got hurt. So they just said, fuck it, we're going to put this card in the apex and then broadcast it at Korean time. So that way, nobody really gives a fuck. Um, Main events, Derek Lewis, Sergei Spivak, the guys were supposed to fight um, back in November. Which then turned into Kennedy and Jukubu versus Ian Quintelaba in the main event, greatest card of all time. Regardless, uh, yeah, uh, they're gonna go ahead and they're gonna go ahead and go ahead ahead here, man. I mean, Sergey's on a pretty good winning streak. Derek needs a win. Give me your thoughts.
1: Look, obviously, for me, a bit sour, right, that they decided to not still have the card in Korea. Personally, I just felt like it was just, I don't know, man. I feel like for the Korean fans, they deserve to have an event there. Uh, and for to just be pulled under them just really fucking sucks. But, like, man, Josh, I continuously and, you know, insanely have repeatedly picked Derek Lewis on the show, and I don't think that will stop until Derek Lewis retires. Because I genuinely believe Derek Lewis can win any and every fight he's in. Yeah. He has that power, and that's not going to stop
0: here. He looks like he's in good shape too, you know. Yeah, he, that's.
1: I think that's the big thing too, right? He, he's looking focused. He kind of like buckled down. He he yeah. knows what's at stake here.
0: Yeah, I feel like Derek Lewis. He every once in a while we have these moments where it's like he'll lose a couple in a row or we'll have like a losing streak, and it's like all of a sudden a video will come out and he looks like he's lost twenty pounds, and it'll just he'll just start knock, knocking fools out again, you know, like. Um, I just think, like, I don't even think, I think Derek Lewis is probably, I don't want to stay washed at this point in his career, but I think he is probably on the downslope. That being said, I think he'll still have enough to beat serious Vivak. I think style-wise, matchup-wise, Zergus going to try to take this thing to the mat. And, uh, historically speaking, that just does not work unless you're Daniel Cormier against <laughs> Derek Lewis, so. Is it, isn't it crazy that was the only guy, right, who's like. And short notice, too. Right. De- not, Derek not, Lewis. I'll- yeah, not even Cyril decided to take him down, which who knows how, how that would have gone. No, I mean, we don't even know how good Cyril is on the mat, so. All right. Um, yeah, but anyways, I mean, the other guy to successfully grapple with Derek Lewis is, you know, fucking, like, what, two-time Olympian, double champion. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and take Derek Lewis to get the win here. I could see Cyril Spivak pulling off the win, though. I mean, he's on a great winning streak, only losses to Tom Aspinall in his last six fights, 28 years young. He's a decade younger than him. Um, I just think like style wise, I don't think he will be able to get it done, man. I think like if you're trying to out muscle they ass Derek Lewis, you're just not gonna have a fun time. But you know, maybe Sergei could show us something, man. I've doubted this guy for the majority of his run. So I I could easily see him going out and proving me wrong once again. But I mean, yeah, I mean this this is this is a solid a solid fight um, for an Apex card anyway. Um The rest of the card leaves a lot to be desired. So let's just go ahead and hit the call main event. Devin Clark, long-time, you know, I don't want to say long-time veteran. He's been in the UFC since 2016, which feels incredibly odd. Um, He's had some solid, he's been some solid names, main events to Fight Night. So, you know, he's had some success coming off of uh, a loss, three in his last four, taking on Da'an Jung, 15-3-1, Fifteen, three, and one—only losses to Dustin Jacoby. Although I will note, and I should note, friend of the show, Sam Alvey, really deserved to win over him back in 2020 on UFC 254. But outside of that, I mean, only losses to Dustin Jacoby—that happened back in July. Light heavyweight Comain, uh these guys should put on a fun fight, at the very least. What do you think, man?
1: Man, I think this is a hard fight to pick, man. I really do think it's really a lot closer. And what it, maybe people think? I feel like maybe people are thinking, oh, Devin Clark kind of on a rough run. Don Jung kind of on the come up, beating, you know, one or two nice names here. You know, only one lost a guy who is, you know, amazing in the stand up. I feel like it's a pick em fight, honestly, John. I think Devin Clark could come out here and, uh, you know, upset Don Jung, because I think Devin Clark is actually the underdog on this, on, for this fight. I mean, I, I, I'm I'm torn here, Josh. I'm I'm going back and forth. You know, I'm I'm gonna go Devin Clark. I'm I'm, a, I'm a go with him.
2: You go with Devin Clark.
1: I'm gonna
0: go with the underdog. That's 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 probably the that's probably the right pick. But I don't know, man. Don Don Jung. He's a weird guy because I feel like he's anytime I see him fight, he does not look good. And that's just a general rule. I've never been impressed. I mean, maybe the Kennedy and Juku – knockout was impressive. I've never come away feeling impressed, but yet this motherfucker just keeps on winning. So, like, mm. what Like what? Do, I mean,
2: uh,
0: I mean. Josh is like, what is to stop me, you know? I'll go, I'll, I'll go Devin Clark. I'll go Devin Clark. I mean, I, I hope Devin Clark wins. How about that? I mean, this guy has that dog in him. So I'm really, I'm hoping that he can have some success. I like the guy a lot. Um, So I'll just pick him. I mean, it's probably just a homer pick, but I mean, this this fight's a coin flip. And they've had a lot of these fights and these apex cards where it's just like neither guy's that relevant, you know. And um, that's no disrespect to these two guys because I like them both in terms of like their fighting style. But yeah, I mean, I'll take Devin Clark. He's a veteran. I think you should, pr- should probably be able to out-wrestle him. He's got that dog in him. It's, it's virtually impossible to knock this poor guy out, um, as we've seen by the time he literally had his, his teeth falling out of his face, and he still refused to uh, either quit or get finished. So, yeah, Devin Clark's got that dog in him. I think he'll probably win. Uh, as far as the rest of the card goes, man, this one's weird, because there's not really, like, a real undercard. There's a couple of names here and there that you'll know, but for the most part, this card's just the road to the UFC, which... Finale. Yeah, the finale, which I have not paid...
1: Any attention to?
0: So I watched angry. it
1: initially, just so you know. Oh, okay. So you you recognize any of these names? Dude, I mean, I might have seen their first fights, but then they fought again, and I didn't watch those fights. So I I kind of uh didn't didn't keep up with it,
0: you know. Okay, well, I mean, what what fights are you most looking forward to on this card, man? I mean, there are some good names. There are Look, there are a couple I, of names. I don't know. All obviously for one, I
1: mean, this is the finale fight. These guys are fighting to be in the UFC. So all the fights as a whole. The road to the UFC, even though I didn't watch them, I think have to be must-watch, Josh, because those guys have to come out and perform, you know? This, this is the end of the road for them. There is This is it. They, they're at this doorway, and they need to win the fight in, in fashion, you know, get at it, get done with it, and, you know, maybe get another fight in quick in the year to kind of establish their name. You know, we've noticed that maybe the Asian market and the UFC hasn't been the biggest. You know, their big, their big gateway in has been a... Way Lee, and prior to that, probably a Korean Zombie, and before that, who was probably Gomi back in the day?
0: Gomi was Japanese, but
1: I mean, but I'm talking about the Asian market as a whole, Josh. Yeah,
0: yeah, I'd say so.
1: You know, that's, I'm not talking just specifically, uh, you know, China, Korea. Yeah, not, my bad, my bad. As as a whole, you know. Uh, so I mean, obviously they're they're trying to obviously get more out there. They build out like a facility out, uh, PI facility out there. I mean, they they really want to. Bring uh, that side of the world in, it which makes sense. I mean, a lot of a lot of people live on that side of, of the globe, man. <laughs> but you do want to have those eyes on you, so it makes sense. Uh, like I said, I, th- I think all these fights would probably be amazing. Obviously, I didn't keep up with them a lot of them, but I know a lot of these guys had a lot of finishes going up to them. I'm seeing some sick finishes early on when I was watching the Rodeo C. But kind of to get some names that that do we do know, or that kind of we've known. Uh, Right at least there may be people that know. keep up yeah. that keep you know they keep up with the show might know. I mean, this is a weird one for me, Josh. Opening up the, the show, uh Tatsudo you know, kind of come in. You know, he's he's a young guy, twenty three years young. Uh built up a nice little record outside of the UFC. Uh made his debut last year in the UFC, got two wins. I mean, pretty fucking solid guy. I, I guess I am kind of surprised to put him to start with because they, they seem to have like a fair bit of uh, how do I put it, like interest in him. Like you know, they they're hoping that he mm-hmm. becomes something, especially in yeah. this flyweight division. That I mean, we need new names. It's open, you know. Come come for the taking, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a solid fight. I mean, in terms of fights, I'm looking forward to man. There's there's a big one. Um, <clears throat> you probably know you probably know which one it is. Honestly, Do Ho Choi. The Korean Superboy. I mean, this is a guy that, I mean, back in, like, 2016, if you want to talk about somebody who was, like, fucking just coming on and, like, or making a name for themselves, and I was, I was so convinced this guy was the future, it's Do Ho Choi, man. This guy came in electric. Three first-round knockout wins, and they all came in, like, under two minutes or some shit. And he was like 14 and 1, and he had beat, he beat Tiago Tavares, who's a pretty good guy at the time, Sam Cecilia, same page. I mean, he, and then he got that fight against Cub Swanson, Killer Cub. Literally my favorite fight of all time. I mean, I've watched that fight so many times that the tone shift in the second round, because Duo Choi came out, instead of using the striking, he's actually using the grappling. He won the first round. Round two comes out, he, he rocks Cub. But then fucking Cub returns back, he rocks him, and then Choi rocks him again, man. It's just chaos, you know? But then he lost that one. That fight got him inducted into the Hall of Fame, but then he lost two in a row, also by knockout to Charles Jourdain, who, who was a really unknown guy at the time, and to Jeremy Stevens. Now he's back. First fight in four years. Last time he fought was December 2019, roughly four years. Sticking on Kyle Nelson, this seems like a tune-up fight. This should probably be a tune-up fight, but even then, if you look at Kyle Nelson's record, I mean, he's he's... 1-4 in the UFC, but he beat Marco Polo Reyes, who is a fucking savage, a part of the most underrated fight of all time with Dong, Hung, Dong Hyun Ma at UFC 199, and uh, he beat him, Kyle Nelson did, he's also beaten Kama Worthy, he beat Jonathan Brookins, who I believe is a former uh, Ultimate Fighter winner, he beat Michael Johnson. So yeah, this guy's. Uh, I mean, I'm very excited for this fight. I'm really hoping the Korean Superboy can can pull it off, man. If you talk about a guy that's like entertaining, but also wild and just does crazy shit, fight after fight, you're talking about the Korean Superboy, man. I mean, what are your thoughts on his return? Because he's an interesting guy that we've not heard about in a long, long time. I mean, I
1: mean, Josh, when I when I got into the sport, this is a guy you constantly brought up to me. You were like, you need, he's like my man, Do Ho Choi. You know, I. Watch this fight, you know. You you were always uh kind of pointing me in his direction.
2: Yeah. And then it didn't work out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, but look, it's been years. Been you know, he's lingered with injuries. There's a lot into it, you know. And hopefully, he comes back from it. He's you know, he's a little older, you know, maybe gain some some knowledge, some extra experience. Who knows? Maybe we see a completely new man. Hmm. Maybe more focused, more measured.
0: Who knows? Yeah, I mean, I know that he did his uh, the Korean military service. I don't know if he did it during this hiatus because I know that he had some injury stuff going on too. But um, yeah, he's just the pinnacle of a guy that like he's the he's like a prospect that I was like this motherfucker is just so good, man. But then just one thing led to another, and he just couldn't get on the right track, and that's so unfortunate. But He's still only 31, so he has he has time to put it together if he can go out and get go out there and get a win on Saturday. So we'll see. I mean, he's a very uh very entertaining guy win loser draw so it should be fun. Other fight I do want to mention, uh Marchins versus Lagoyev Ivanov. Neither one of these guys are going to be fine for a title anytime soon, but um They are ranked heavyweights. I feel like they deserve a mention. They're both coming off of pretty solid wins, especially Marcin Taboro, who like I would have never angel. I mean, you were you Taboro was like a, a a a young prospect at the time. He started watching MMA. I mean, he. I don't think I would have ever expected in 2016 if somebody told me like, hey, fucking Marching Taboro, he's going to be the elite gate gatekeep, gatekeeper of the heavyweight division. That's yeah, that's
1: that's it. that's really what he's turned into
0: though, which is crazy. I mean, yeah, he's won fucking, what is it, 7 of 8? And, like, his resume, Romanov, i was going to Romanov, first ever person to give him a loss, Walt Harris, Greg Hardy, Ben Rothwell, Maxine Grishin, Sergey Spivak. I mean, he's also beaten Struve, Arlovsky. He's beaten some bad motherfuckers, man. So never would have expected him to have the success that he is. And 37 years old, the fact that he's just now coming on, I mean, that's crazy. So, um, yeah, man. Um, the man has shattered dreams, dude. <laughs> he definitely has. He definitely has. But any closing thoughts on this card, man? It's definitely not going to be one to uh, blow your hair back. It's also probably not one all of to admittedly watched live because it's happening at 1 a.m. The main card is starting. So, Look, yeah. I, I, mean,
1: I, I think it'll actually be panning out, Josh. I think the road to the UFC is actually those those guys. Uh, I expect uh, those guys put on a show. Let me be clear. Th- those guys are going to put on a show. They have to. Uh, and obviously heavyweights, at, you know, at, on top of the main card in the middle of it. Uh so you know you're we're going to see finishes. It's, I think it's going to be a finish heavy card, especially how uh I feel like a lot of time man, especially in in that region of the world those Asian fighters love getting finishes. You know, throwing submission, throwing spinning techniques. I don't know what it is, but they love having showmanship.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'll admit I did not watch like I did not watch like a single second of the broadcast of Road to the OC, but I saw some crazy finishes and highlights, man. I mean, those, they, yeah. Yeah. Did some crazy shit, but, yeah, man, I actually believe those guys put on a show. It's the rest of the card that I'm not hot on. Um, Because, like, those fights only take up four fights on the card. I mean, it's like a, what is it, 12-fight card?
1: Well, well, look. There's like, look, we mentioned Duho. Chau, yeah, we mentioned. And
0: I'm not saying again. I'm not saying all hey, the bro, local cards bad, but it's no, just.
1: No, no. I don't think it's. I think it, it's filled up
0: decently with well. It's a combination thing.
1: I think the the thing that takes us away, maybe disinterests people a little bit, is the time slot, and the fact that there's not any names a lot of people will know on this card. You know, that maybe there's like one or two names, and the casual yeah. will probably know like one name.
0: And, and I think we should also mention because I realized we almost got through this section without mentioning it. We got to go ahead and give a hand. KC's own Laura Sanko, the first woman, the first woman to, uh, make it onto the broadcast in the Zupa era. Obviously Kathy Long, I believe is her name. She, uh, commentated UFC one alongside, I believe it was Jim Wallace and Jim Brown, um, Bill Wallace, excuse me, and Jim Brown. So yeah, I mean, but nobody since then, nobody since 1993, 30 years later, Laura Sanko becoming the first. So shout out to her. I know she wanted to do that for a long time, man. Um, and they're making her ass worth the ship before they give her the, the whole job, so. Kinda of, Kinda of fucked up for her, honestly, but. I mean, yeah, man, I mean. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm not too hot on this card. But I do think that it'll actually probably turn out to be pretty fun. As far as the road, to, the road to UC is actually the thing I'm the most looking forward to. Because it's kinda of like the contender series thing, where like the contender series week in, week out is so entertaining, cause these guys are fighting for their, their livelihood, you know, like. They're, they're willing to do whatever it takes to get there. So that's the type of stuff that I'd like to see. And they got that fire in them. But man, we got some news to talk about. In fact, we got a lot of news to talk about because Conor McGregor having, uh, how can I put it? He's having a week, man. He definitely had a week. Um, so news broke last week that Conor McGregor was, uh, being charged or at the very least, I don't know if it was a criminal or a, um, Just being sued, got accused of assault. Uh apparently he was on a party on his yacht and some lady was on the yacht and he started beating the shit out of her, threatened to kill her. She jumped off the yacht, eventually got rescued by a boat. Uh and then she went to the authorities, said that it was not said that it was Connor, then said it wasn't Connor, and then said it was Connor. So that was that was bad enough for Connor. But he just had some terrible, no good, bad luck start to the week, man. Because he went out and got hit by a car on Friday, (laughs) riding his bike. Thankfully, he did not get too hurt. But then another piece of news, Conor McGregor will be coaching the Ultimate Fighter. More than likely, from what I've heard, it is confirmed Conor is locked in. However, we don't know the opponent and who he will coach against. Apparently, Tony Ferguson got offered. Tony confirmed it. Um, but it's did someone else get offered said. that we know about? No, I could have sworn someone else was mentioned. Well, everybody said it was going to be Chandler, but it did not. Uh, he he said that he was interested in doing it, but he did not say he was offered it. Ah, okay, okay. So that's granted, things could yeah. change.
1: You know, we don't like we said we don't know who the other guy potentially could be. Yeah. So anything can change between now and a week or a month or a
0: fucking year. Yeah, I mean, I mean, look, there's not a whole lot of um, stuff to say about the the legal the legal case because we don't know a whole lot there. But like, what? Is, I mean, I feel like this week perfectly encapsulates everything that's gone wrong with like the last couple of years of Connor's career, and that's kind of what I want to talk about because, um, within a week span of having like those stories of like, oh, it's another legal issue, oh, it's this crazy ass thing that somehow happened to him. Oh, fight stuff! Yay! It's just like... he fe- It feels like Connor's just in this weird fucking phase right now, man. It feels like he's getting, he's getting close. He'll get one step closer to fighting again, and he'll take, like, three steps back. I mean, what do you think about that? And I feel like this kind of week perfectly encapsulates everything that's gone wrong with the last couple of years for him.
1: I mean, maybe, man, but at least if, he, if they do decide to do this tough season with Connor, at least we know we'll have a fight date, and we know when he'll be back, and we know the opponent. We'll have a great lead up to it, and we'll have a lot of interest and traction behind it.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I mean, we know that that'll that'll be fun, and I think that a lot of people don't remember. Obviously, Conor coached the Ultimate Fighter once before. He coached against Urijah Faber in 2015. But um, think about that. I don't believe Conor coached anybody, but maybe Artem. Like he didn't actually show up for the fights. He was only there a couple times. So. Kind of makes sense that he was able to do the coaching role. I'm assuming it would be the same thing here. Uh, in terms of the coaching season specifically, in terms of tough specifically, who would you rather see him coach against? Obviously, the big three names are Moswell, Tony, and Chandler. If he had to your head, if you had to pick one of those three, who would you most want to see him coach against? Can I give, can I give you a tier list? Please.
1: I think at number one, I have, I have Jorge. And honestly, the the last two are interchangeable for me. I think I think maybe Tony, two, and Chandler, three. But Tony and Chandler are pretty close for me, you know? I feel like you could switch either one. Because I've been wanting that fucking Chandler-Connor fight for the longest time.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And like I said, right now, I think it makes the most sense. It, I mean, in, in terms of, like, yeah. I mean, I think it, it... You can make a case for either him or Tony, I think. For me, it's actually kind of the opposite. I, I, I have... um. I have Tony one, I have Chandler two, I have Masvidal three. Because I think they can do that Masvidal fight, but preferably. I want to do I want to do that shit later on when they both like one fights so or they have momentum or something along those lines. Because like just kind of it feels like it's cold right now. That feud is cold, you know. I mean, I don't know if uh, Hori is about to fight Gilbert Burns, so it might exactly be cold, exactly. That's why I don't think they should do it, you know. 'Cause I think he's gonna lose to Gilbert and then what, you're gonna have Connor entering in on like a two fight losing streak and you'll have Jorge entering on a four fight losing streak for a season of tough, that's not like gonna get people out of their seats. Although I, I suppose the same thing is true for the other the other two as well. But at least you can kinda of talk yourselves into that matchup because like Chandler would be so exciting. And Tony and Connor have had like long they've had beef since like twenty sixteen. You know, and I mean that lead
1: bunch- up that lead up will be great.
0: Yeah, that's why I want to see Tony is because I think a if you're if you want to find a fight for Tony first, and it's probably going to be the most winnable one you're going to find in terms of a big name. Um, same thing for Connor. It's 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 the most winnable fight that either guy can have given their age. That's a big name and ranked. So from that standpoint, it makes sense. And I also think there's a degree of um, things that they have unfinished business. You know. Nobody talks about it, but it was going to be Tony versus Connor. It was not going to be Habib versus Ta- Connor. It was going to be Tony versus Connor. But then Tony tripped over the cable. Habib got to fight Ally Quinta for the vacant title. And then Habib fought Connor. And Tony kind of got fucked. And so I would love if, like, years later, they can just have given that uh, that fight that he deserved. And also give him a tough season. And he'll make a bunch of money. So with a Tony Ferguson fan, I'm down with it. Chandler I'm also down with. I've always said that. I've been very high on uh, him since coming to the UFC in terms of, like, excitement level. Um, and I think he'd actually be, like, a really good tough coach. I think him and Tony would be great tough coaches, like, in terms of actually coaching the guys. You know what I mean? Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's all my thoughts on it, man. I think that uh, regardless of who Connor coaches against, it's going to be the biggest season in, in Ultimate Fighter history. I think that they've needed a way to revitalize that show, and that's the way to do it. So, we'll see, man. We'll see. It's looking like it's going to be likely Tony. Tony's the, first, Tony's the only one to come forward and be like, hey, I got offered to do it, and I'm down to do it. He's the only person. So, Could
1: you imagine the season of Tony training or coaching?
0: People are, he's gonna, it's like fucking squid games, dude. Like, people are just going to be dropping like flies, his team.
1: Maybe some Joshua Fabia.
0: <laughs> oh, no. Not, not Josh Fabia. Um, God. that's hilarious. But anyway, what man. an era, right? What a time! What a time to be alive. Joshua fucking Fabia, man. Diego San, you know Diego Sanchez. I, I don't want to talk shit on the guy, but so have you been? So he's gonna be fighting Austin Trout. We know that. Have you like followed his social media and, and shit for a while? I went on it randomly, but I, I, luckily every time I go in there, it's wholesome.
2: It's him with his kids. Oh, that's actually pretty wholesome then. It's him uh, with his actually, daughter.
0: That's actually pretty awesome. I mean I I've been I, I follow him on, on uh on Instagram and it's been a lot of it seems like he's actually deleted a fair bit of shit. So that's actually pretty good. But for a while there all he was posting was stuff about how COVID's fake and I'm like, my guy, you were you nearly died because of it. You remember that? Like two years ago? Yeah, interesting. I was like, I was like, that's that's interesting, man. Um Oh, Probably Diego, but he is the type of guy to fall for a COVID being fake video after nearly dying with COVID. I feel like is. Yes. yeah. But uh yeah, so that's kind of funny. But what shit? They should get Diego versus Tony Ferguson for the, for the Ultimate Fighter. Fuck, that'd be a banger of a season. Anyways, um, next up, man, fight announcements. Um, UFC 287 going down in April, <laughs> April 8th, I believe. No location set as of now. Dana White had released an announcement video at uh, like 3.30 last Friday that at 4 o'clock he was going to go live and announce breaking news, massive news. It's going to be huge. And then he shows up 40 minutes late. (laughs) What a cuck. He he quote-unquote breaks eight fights, and we knew six of them. The only two we did not know was UFC 287, which will be headlined by Alex Paheya, Israel Adesanya. Co-main event, Gilbert Burns, Jorge Masvidal. Um Give me your thoughts on the fights. Was this the right uh, the right booking for all these four guys? I'm, I'm pretty sure it is.
1: I mean, yeah. I mean, I
0: feel like we've kind of pointed at the direction of all these fights. You know, we
1: kind of mentioned them before. I think the people kind of wanted them, and I think all the fighters wanted those fights, too, which is also kind of the important thing as well.
2: Yeah, that's probably one of the most important
0: things, but, I mean, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta say it. Dana, what the fuck, man? I mean, I just... Dude, what he, the he, fuck, man? Yeah. He fucked this angel.
1: He, ta- you know, he... It wasn't fucking Friday, Josh.
0: <laughs> Could you imagine, you put that out, and then he gets on there, and it's just a pre-recorded Fuck It Friday. It's, it's, it's the live stream. God. <laughs> um... Yeah, man. I mean, look these were, these were these are the right eating right. fucking deep fried Cheetos covered in fucking I don't know icing, dude. Dana he he went to that fucking doctor or whatever the fuck and he, he told me he had ten years to live. I'm like, no shit, Danny. You filmed fucking Friday, dude. Like, but then he got in shape. So that's all cool. Come yeah, on. true, right? You know, it's crazy. Totally a legit though, doctor, by the way. Totally legit. Come on, dude. <laughs> Uh, anyways, um, yeah, I mean, this was this is the right fight bookings for for all these guys involved. Part of the reason why also this annou- announcement video pissed me off because like, well, these fights weren't confirmed. We kind of knew they were gonna happen next anyway, you know, um, because Izzy Peña too, has been in the works for a while, and then Jorge and Gilbert tweeted like hours before that they had fight news to announce. So, anyways, um, yeah, I mean, this is, this is the right call. In terms of fights that came out of nowhere, though, which I'm really excited for, man, Max Holloway, blessed, the best is blessed, baby, friend of the show, Max Holloway, been out of action since July when he lost Alexander Volkanovski in their trilogy fight, uh, made me cry sobbing. Just, it, was, it was so sad to see Max lose that way, but it's all good. He's coming back. He's going to be fighting the almighty Arnold Allen. Dude, this is a fucking banger. Fight night card. April 16th, I believe, is going to be the date. Give me your thoughts on this, man. Is this the right booking for Max Holloway? Because for Arnold Allen, we kind of knew that he was going to fight any guy that was ranked in front of him. For Max Holloway, though, we don't we don't know much. I mean, he, he kind of is in a weird spot at 145 and at 155. So is this the right booking for him? I mean, look, you can't give
1: Max a guy ranked super low, but at the same time, you can't give him... There's not really any guys who deserve a rematch with Max, I think, at this time. At the same time, you got to give him a challenge. And the, cha- the most challenging guy and guy who's ranked that they could give him, who's available is Arnold Allen. And Arnold Allen needed a name, needed someone hard, needed someone tough to test him, and that is Max Holloway.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, it's the right fight for Arnold. But for Max, man, I just... He's in a weird spot. He's in a really weird spot. Um, obviously, Featherweight's dominated by Volkanovski, but even then, if Volkanovski goes out there and beats Islam, it's like, fuck, man. Like, the fuck do you do at that point? So if there's a man that's going to be ho- rooting for, uh... well, I mean, actually, I don't know, man. I think it depends. Like, what do you think Isla- is? Nice no, evening. What do you think Alexander Volkanovski is going to do if he beats Islam Makhachev? Do you think he's actually going to try and be a double champion, or do you think he's just going to go up to 155 personally? Because we discussed this in the green room, and I said I think he's gone permanently.
1: Look, it- he beats- he says supposedly that he wants to defend both titles.
0: But do you believe him? Me?
1: I mean, I do. I think Volk's a very honest man.
0: That's true. There's nothing wrong with being a nerd in a version. You're right. Angel, come on.
1: I mean, I, I think he's an honest man. I think he's <laughs> going to defend both titles.
0: Yeah, I mean, I like both too, man, but I, I just don't see it. I think, like, if you go out and beat Islam Makhachev, dude, like, fuck. You might as well just go ahead and uh, stay up there. So, Well, look, I, well, one big thing is, he, he said
1: he was doing this because he felt like there was no clarity right now, 145, but he said there was no clear opponent, so... He's like, let them settle it. Let me take care of my business. And then once all this settled and they're done fighting on the playground, I'll come back and clean up house.
2: Fair enough. Fair enough.
0: Um,
1: I think it's simple as that, Josh. Yeah.
0: Yeah, probably. Anyways, man, I think it's probably about time to move on. I mean, in terms of, like, closing thoughts beyond is this the right fight, it's a banger of a fight. So, uh yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty fucking excited, man. I'm glad these guys are going to get main event. And by the way, it, it won't be at the Apex Angel. They already confirmed it's not an Apex card. So let's fucking go, boys. Um, I mean, last bit of news. I don't even know what to say about this one. And I and like I gotta admit it, I'm actually not on board with this whatsoever. And I actually love the the like people that are doing this. Misfits Boxing is going to be holding a um. Well, it's a tag team boxing match.
1: I, I don't understand this. This really threw me off when I saw it. By the way, yeah. So it
0: threw me off. Uh, I mean, I heard some discussions of of it, but um, I didn't like. I didn't think they're actually going to do it because it seems like it's. Com- it kind of just completely devalues everything they're doing, in terms of gaining respect in the boxing world. Guys like Salt Poppy, K S, guys that are actually a boxing ability who are like making a good name for themselves while like being YouTubers. They're kind of fucking it up, man. They're gonna have Luis uh, Alcaraz, Pineda, and um, B. Dave against two dudes who I don't know. Um, so yeah, I mean, I mean but, but I mean, besides being surprised, obviously, I mean, what are your what are your thoughts, man? I mean, this is this is, I don't like this. I got to be honest, I don't like this whatsoever.
1: I mean, I I don't know how it's gonna function, which is the other big thing too, Josh.
0: Yeah. Well, that's the issue. Is there is no good way for this to function because tag team mo- tag teams aren't supposed to be in boxing, right?
2: I don't know, man. It's um, I don't like
0: this whatsoever. That's that's all I got to say about it. I think this is the dumbest shit, and I and I think the fact that they're doing it whenever like they were actually gaining traction, I'm like, fuck, man, what are you guys doing? You know. Um, I mean, I'd love to, I'd love to, I'm going to, I'm going to reach around, I'm going to see, I'm going to reach out and see if I could find some people, like,
1: you're, you're going to reach
0: around, Josh. Fuck, I
1: was hoping you didn't hear me. I'm Josh, I mean, Josh, I am going
0: to reach out and see if I can get some details on this for next time, because I probably should have done that before, but, um, yeah, I mean, this is, this is bizarre. you am going to reach around it, to, my guy. <laughs> but I'm, I'm open to, I'm open to seeing how it's going to go.
2: I'm going to reach out. Half gay Half half gay half gay
0: went to business school
1: Uh, It's now (laughs) a drag queen as well.
0: Drag that's the problem with me doing this fucking show man is I I can't speak whatsoever, but um I have a microphone in front of me anyway, so
1: Hey man, I I can't English either man but I try. Yeah,
0: fair enough. Um anyways man it is episode two hundred on our social media, oh, specifically our Instagram, we posted out there. It was kind of a late thing, um, kind of like a late decision, but we did decide to go ahead and reach out and see if you guys want to submit some fan questions on Instagram. You were able to. We got three of them, and uh, a couple of them actually relate to something we just talked about. The first one is Conor McGregor ever going to fight again? We have to go ahead and give a shout out, friend of the show, Nate Bags, putting in the question in W Nate. As always, um, you know, top G Nate for sure. But anyways, is Conor McGregor going to fight again? Well, kind of self-explanatory at this point. He is. Yeah, I mean, John Kavanaugh recently came out and said that he would bet his house on Conor fighting again. So I have shit. I mean, I wouldn't, but it's just just. Assuming John Kavanaugh has more, more wealth than I do, you know what I mean. I mean, I, I'm i guessing, Josh.
1: I mean, I don't know 100%, but I'm guessing.
0: Yeah, I'm guessing, too. I mean, I think at this point, I was kind of on the fence for a while there. I got to admit, I was on the fence for, like, quite a while in terms of if Conor was going to fight again because, like, he he said, remember, like, after he broke his leg, like, all right, I'm going to be back in a year's time. I'm re- I'm already starting. I'm fucking ready, you know? And then he ended up, not doing that, and now it's been another six months, you know, he's not even in the USADA pool.
1: I mean, I'm assuming he
0: thought his recovery would be a lot quicker, and it really wasn't. Yeah. But then we also found out that he's going to probably coach tough next season, so any questions we had about that are no longer there. So, I mean, I don't know, man. I think Connor's going to fight again. I think Connor's going to probably fight in July, I think. I think that's probably the most likely thing. I mean, that's enough time for him to get in the testing pool. Um, isn't it three months, I think, of mandatory testing? It's, it's something around there. But, um, yeah, and probably against Tony International Fight Week. Um, so that should be fun. This next one. Angel. Did John Jones take steroids? What do you think? Fuck, man. I mean,
1: he, he could've, you know? I mean, I don't know. There's, there's been some quote unquote incriminating stuff out there, you know? I'm not, you know, confirming nor denying it.
2: So here's, I mean, (laughs) I don't even know why this, I don't even know why he
0: asked this one, but I mean... This this is is,
1: one of your favorite topics, Josh.
0: He, I mean, yeah, he did steroids, man. I mean, it's like, that, it's fucking Jeff Nowitzki, I know that, I know that he said, "Oh, you know, well, it's only like a pinch of salt in the swimming pool, you know, or whatever the fuck he said. Yeah, but this, like, come on, man. I mean, he... How many times has John Jones tested positive? He tested positive against DC the second time. He tested positive for Gus. He tested positive at UC200. And then against DC the first time, he, in, the, in to quote, dare for more plates, more dates, he had the same testosterone level as, like, a six-year-old girl. So, do you think he's on steroids, Angel? <laughs> there's, there, there's a very good chance he, he was at one point. There's a very good chance, yeah. I mean, fucking...
1: It's a very highly... Does likely. the sun
0: rise in the morning? You know, does, <laughs> do, do, does does a bear shit in the woods, you know?
1: Do Latinas love me? You know, <laughs> they do.
0: Fair enough. Yeah, me too, man. Me too. Same page on that one. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, in terms of final question, when are you all going to get a studio or start using cameras? Amy, that's a good question. When are we going to start doing that? I mean i
1: I tried talking Josh into it. I pushed him a little bit. I talked about kinda of stuff we need in the financials. I just need the, the courtside sound of credit card the company card. You know, that Josh needs to approve the use of so I can <laughs> use it, but you know, Josh has been kind of busy lately, you know you know, talking to talking to fighters, you know, celebrities, you know, he's got on a different level than I am. So. Oh,
0: no, don't say that.
1: You know, he has a little bit more clout than me, so. And, you know, he works very hard behind the scenes. You know, I, I obviously got to give Josh here. He's working on the TikToks, working on the shorts. He puts in that fucking work, guys. He's the hardest-working man in MMA media. I've said this time in. Oh, in, Time it, in and time out. I've said, it, I've, said it, I've said it at least once every year. Hardest-working man in MMA media. In the fucking, you know writing and talking this man who works his fucking ass off so you know i mean i get it josh is a little busy so you know, talking about stuff like that is you know a little below him so i get it you know but you know the, the, we definitely have talked and flirted with the idea and wanted to do some projects it's just kind of a pulling the trigger on it and kind of a you know putting up the financial end of it
0: yeah i mean ultimately at some point it's the show the goal is always to have or has always been to have one day potentially a show where we have cameras on us, we got mics, it's me sitting across from Angel, a la the J R E set up. Mm-hmm. Um in one day we're gonna make that happen. Um I that mean, day's we, not today, but we got yeah. we
1: got a pretty good vision of it. We've like I'd say, Josh, we're pretty advanced talks about it. It's it's just a matter of us uh, like I said, putting up the bunny, getting it set up, doing a little test run, and kinda settling on if we are going to want to go forward with fully mm. doing video format with the audio slash audio with video, or if we want to like every now and then maybe do like special episodes, what we'll do in person, you know, maybe like me and yeah. Josh will only do, I mean, I, I mean, we haven't said this specifically, but like, for example, Josh, we only do in person episodes for pay-per-views, you yeah. know, or big fights like, you know, boxing or whatever, or, you know, football, basketball, whatever it may be that we decide to do, or whatever we want to do in person. And then kind of leave kind of all the other podcasts, audio, just online, you know, whatever, you know, over Skype, how we've been doing it for for years now. I mean, shit, we've done it for 200 fucking episodes. Clearly, we're consistent at it. (laughs) So, but who knows? Obviously, we we had, like I said, ideally, the one number one thing with this show is, and especially now that we're getting, the show has been growing from since uh, December. We obviously with with the addition of TikTok, the shorts, the clips, all the new subscribers. Everybody who's been coming in, obviously, we want to improve the show, put out more content for the people who are, you know, wanting more, who who, mm-hmm. who want to get more of us and, you know, want to have it constantly, have something to watch and or listen to. So, you know, the, the number one thing is obviously every year we want to improve the show a little bit. And we have, you know, everything from, uh I'd say, our Orange A days of probably not bouncing off each other very well when we were talking during the podcast and maybe at times having a lot of, you know, dead radio time. And even then we do that now. Well, wait, but but if, the issue is, is
0: that I just, I just don't like talking now. <laughs> I just, right? Just don't like, to talking to you, dude. Like, that's the problem. Yeah.
1: No. So, so you know, and obviously, like audio quality has improved. Uh, I, learning about the sport, knowing more about the sport, learning more knowledge. I mean, all of that has played into the factor. I mean, you listen to those fucking dinosaur episodes. You kind, you kind of look back at these. You're like, fuck, man, it's night and day. Which is good. That's what we want. We want the quality. Oh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> we, we want the quality, quality to be significantly better every time and we want the shows to be better every time so i mean that i'd say that's a pretty in-depth uh view into that
0: whole scope right there yeah let me go ahead and add a couple things as well like this show has has like remained like relatively like we like kind of ease into changes like i don't i'm not sure if you guys noticed but like our show is wrapped like if you go back to episode one we've changed a fucking lot which makes sense considering it's been three years four years you know what i mean Of, um, like, we've evolved as people since then. We have new interests, you know. We're different people now, you know. So the show's changed, but we keep on – we talk about stuff all the time behind the scenes. Like, just because we don't discuss adding in cameras or little changes to the show on air does not mean we're not constantly working and constantly bouncing ideas off of each other. Like, that's kind of the whole point of having the podcast is, like, we bounce stuff back and forth off air on potentially th- stuff and ideas that we have. Like, there are ideas that we have that are like concrete ideas that we just need to execute on. And not really concrete, but English, I'm sure you know the idea I'm talking about. Like we have like a really good idea that waiting to announce and, um, you know, finalizing it and getting stuff done. Cause there are stuff that are, we're working on behind the scenes that I'm so fucking excited for. In 2023, I said it, you know, in, last month in December, it's, I'm like, it's a big year. It's our, it's our fucking year, dude. Like we're, we're, we're going to kill this shit this year, you know, and we've, we've experienced a lot of growth through on YouTube, on TikTok, on uh, on so all social media platforms lately. We've had, you know, something I'd tell you off air, Angel, by the way, speaking of seeking of uh, growth. Um, but like we've, uh, we've been killing it lately, man. And I'm very, very happy about that. And I hope that you guys stick with us for the, uh, for the future and, um, so on and so forth, man. I mean, any closing thoughts, it's episode 200, If you want to reflect, Angel, I mean, what are are your 200 episodes into this thing?
2: Oh, man. closing
1: thoughts, man. I. Oh, man. You know, it's kind of. You know, it didn't really hit me until now that you said it. Obviously, now that we're closing out the episode, this will be cemented as the 200 episode. Fuck, man. It's been fun. It's been fun talking to you fucking every week since high school about sports, you know, about MMA. Uh,. You know, I, you know, I do not want to get too lovey W on the show, right, Josh? You know, I'll I'll save that for later in person. I'll, oh. you know, just just you and me <laughs> at ten in, you and me at ten in the morning watching a cocaine bear.
0: <laughs> 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 but uh inside joke right there. On on those just hitting those delta eights before you go too, I mean <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> With the licks or code sound off. <laughs> right, right. Shameless plug, shameless plug. Shameless, uh man. sponsored.
1: <laughs> Hashtag ad. But yeah, no it's 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 been a fun a fun ride, and obviously we're we're still here, man. Two hundred fucking episodes. It's so wild to me that we have talked for a fuck ton of hours because it's not two hundred hours. It's over two hundred hours with you know the thirty minute episodes, the two hour episodes, the one hour forty minute episodes.
2: The yeah, 50. I mean, most
0: of our shows go over one hour, like well over. Like I think last it was like one an hour and like twenty maybe. Like I don't have those on head, but like we almost. We have way over 200 hours, dude. Like, dude, the last couple episodes, 123, 131, 111, 104, 106, 131, 137, 113. This episode, we've already gone for over an hour and five. Like, it's just... So, yeah, man. I mean, we've got... When you put it in perspective, like, we've got some crazy, like, numbers in terms of how long we've been broadcasting. Yeah, and we're
1: we're coming up on, what, our three, four-year anniversary, something crazy of the podcast? Like... That's pretty wild in of itself, too, Josh. You know, that that's the other thing. Mm-hmm. Um, which, that's coming up in in in, uh, in a month, because you know, we're about to be in February, and by the time this episode releases, it'll already be February. That's
0: true. Yeah. Yeah, man, it's, uh, it's crazy, man. It really is crazy, and I uh, hope you guys have enjoyed being along for the ride, man. I mean... Stay for 200 more, right? Stay for 200 more, man. Fuck yeah. I mean, 200 episodes... We, I think we, I think we're getting better and that's the big thing. I mean, we, this episode, this show when it started, now granted we were high schoolers so obviously it's not going to be fucking great. We had no clue how to like production, any of that stuff, but, um, yeah, we've, we've clearly improved a lot since this show started and I'm very, I'm very proud of that fact and I hope to, uh, keep on improving and, um, just keep on getting better, man. And I hope that you guys keep on staying around. And, um yeah, I mean, that's all I got, man. That's all I got. And um in terms of the show itself, our courtside Sound for all things related to the show, shout out uh TikTok as well as YouTube for all the success and all the new people that have come through. I mean, we have been getting a lot of people, man. So I appreciate every single person who's come through thanks to those two sites and obviously Twitter, at Quartzite Sound. I'm at Josh Ivanoff. He's at Square one Hope you guys enjoyed, and thank you for sticking around for 200 episodes. Peace and Bud Grease. Mouse click.